Good evening, everyone. Hi. I'll go ahead and get started while the slides are catching up. Again, uh, my name is Daryl Parks, and uh, if this were a thesis statement, it would say, in this presentation, I'm going to tell you about myself, and then Alexi's going to tell you about his self, and then we will talk about how we connected, and then we'll talk about where we're going from here. Yeah, it's pretty on point. So, so a little about my background, what brings me here tonight talking to Alexi. So I'm from a quiet little place just outside of Chicago called The Region. It's Gary, Indiana. It's Hammond, Indiana. It's Merrillville. And if you know anything about The Region, picture Gary, if you can picture Flint, if you can picture Detroit. And so I was raised there. I'm the youngest of five children. My family came from rural extreme poverty, hoping to get a job at the steel mills, like so many families did who came from the South, right? And so in my family upbringing, uh, if you envision traditional urban economic poverty, then you pretty much have a handle on my childhood. So as I look at my older siblings, two of the five of us graduate high school. I watch my older brother incarcerated. I watch my sister expecting at age 15 leaving the home. Amidst all of this, like urban families, we possessed a lot of love, a lot of commitment to one another, a lot of strengths that were not honored in the schools, but nonetheless, we weren't lacking in a lot of things. Thank you. <clears throat> so fast forward. Oh. That's your job. That's me. <laughs> so in my family, we didn't go to high school. Uh, my role when I was in high school was to work and to pay rent because after my parents divorced, we couldn't afford the house. And so my father told me that if I didn't help out, that we'd lose it. And so I was a high school student who often woke up in the winter with no heat in the house. Now keep in mind, this is a grossly simplistic overview. It's all true, but if we had more time, then of course I'd flesh out all the complexities, right? So after high school, I did everything you could do uh, with a strong back and a strong work ethic, including the things listed above. Um, I went from job to job, being laid off, you know, seeking the Holy Grail. Are you familiar with the Holy Grail? It's a job that has benefits. And the steel mills were gone, and I was searching for the Holy Grail. I find myself arriving in Minnesota. I'm almost 26 years old. I determined I was going to try to create some sort of new future. And so at 25 years old in Minnesota, I kind of had a chip on my shoulder. Now, faith had gotten me through some of the pitfalls in my urban community. But when I came here, I was very much aware of social injustice and I knew that I needed to go back to school. And so I started at a community college, and being at a community college was like being in a strange environment. There weren't a lot of people who looked like me. They mostly seemed white and middle class, and you might say, well, aren't you? it's different. I'll explain another time. And so what I knew I needed in that situation was I needed someone who understood the college setting, someone who could sit down with me and talk me through it, and I could ask silly questions. And that happened. And so they moved me along to the University of Minnesota, where I arrived there looking for my bachelor's degree in, in uh, English. And I found a woman named Bev. And Bev sat with me. And she told me that it's OK that I didn't feel like I fit in. Right? She, she nurtured. She explained. She did these things for me. And by this time, I was starting to see myself as a little bit of an academic. Although always the outsider, I felt like 
that the grades were showing that maybe I could find my way through this strange space. I went on to a master's degree, and then finally I was an urban high school teacher. I taught in urban high schools because those were the kinds of schools where I was most comfortable. But something happened over time, and that was that I realized that while I could be effective with students in my urban classroom every day, nothing was changing in terms of the structures of education. And so with that, I went back to the University of Minnesota to another strange landscape in search of a PhD. And so there in the strange landscape of Minnesota, uh, University of Minnesota, I found someone named Richard Beach who had a good idea. No, he's not. I know. Uh, and so in that strange, go ahead. So in that strange landscape of the university, when I arrived lost and confused, I knew there was someone there, someone who could help me, who could inform me and show me the way, because I needed that arriving in a strange environment. Oh, look, there's a video clip. It is like the university. That's good, that's good. Okay, pause. That'll be our rolling metaphor. Thank you. So, so if you come from outside of the university system, in any context, you find yourself a foreigner in a strange land. There's rules, there's norms, there's mores, there's invisible codes, and you need someone who's go willing to go beyond the job description that you can trust, that's willing to put down whatever their identities might be that might separate you from them and they can guide you along and help you through. And so I had many of those experiences. Uh, since that time, for the last 14 years, I've been with the Urban Teacher Program at Metropolitan State University. And in looking back, I realized that I wouldn't have called them this at that time, but my success in education, whatever that might be, for a uh, angry, so uh, someone who was aware of social injustice at the equity, at the economic and the racial level for my upbringing, I needed someone to support and assist me along the way. And now I've learned to call those mentors. I had a, I just want to real quick just thank you all for being here, um, just giving me the space to, to share some thoughts, especially with a mentor like Daryl. Um, I'm gonna start my story at age 15, 1995. I was a freshman at South High School. And if you can't tell, I'm an introvert by nature with some extroverted tendencies, okay? I don't want the spotlight, but every now and then, okay. 
And usually it works better if there's a beat going behind me and let me do my thing. This is kind of weird for me, but I'm having a good time. Um, so freshman at South High, and it was, that was a, a strange new world for me too. And I was already very much in love with hip hop culture at that time, but it was something very different to see people, my peers, actually living out parts of that culture, you know, DJing, breakdancing, graffiti writing, emceeing. And, and I was always that, that friend in the group that just didn't do anything. Like I was just that, that dude that was just tagging along. Like I, I literally remember someone's older brother being like, okay, you know, you skateboard, you do graffiti. Like it came to me and was like, what do you do? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like it was like this weird existential crisis moment. And so that was me, you know, pre-95. And, and all of a sudden I had a friend who was like, wait, like we're starting a hip hop crew. You love hip hop. You love to write. Dude, why don't you just rap? Like it's, it's right in front of you. And I just, I kind of needed someone to give me that little push. And, you know, unbeknownst to him, that changed the course of my life, you know, um, for the next 20 years. I, I, I do it to this day, and I found something at that moment in time when I was, you know, as we all are at that moment in time when we're so vulnerable and lost and, you know, looking for something that reflects who we are. And I found something uh, in, in hip-hop culture where I felt like, wow, I can really, you know, express who I am. I can, I have a community here. I can connect with people. Someone, someone like literally passed me the mic, you know, and, and that was, that changed my life. Um, the problem is it actually, <laughs> maybe it changed my life a little too much because all of a sudden nothing else seemed important. So by the time I was a junior, you know, maybe all I really care about is, is working on my rhymes when I should be taking notes or something, you know. But point blank, like, I just, I, it wasn't as inspiring to me, you know what I'm saying, what was happening in school. And so all of a sudden, my, my career, my identity as an artist, that took the forefront and my, my grades suffered for it. I barely graduated high school. If it wasn't for finding an arts high school where I could be doing what I love to do, you know, like half of my day, I don't know that I would have graduated high school. But I survived it. And then what do you do after high school? I don't know. I guess you go to college, right? So I tried going to college. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I wound up in a big university, and I lost my way. I had no direction. No one magically appeared to guide me and said, this isn't for me. So I stepped away from it, and music became my thing. You know, flash forward, 2011. Um, you got the next one? Yeah, 2011. Um, where am I at in my life? I'm recently divorced. I'm, I'm trying to raise... Uh, our daughter, uh, trying to figure out how to be a single parent. There's really nothing like on my horizon outside of music that would resemble a career or anything like that, right? Um, it was a very, it was a very strange time, you know. And I had a friend uh, by the name of uh, Tom Rodemacher, and and he he hit me up, and he was like, you know what? Um, school I work at, they have an opening. There's a job position. I think you'd be good for it. You should apply. So what, what is it? It says, for a special ed educational assistant. I had to Google that real quick because I didn't know what it meant. I still kind of don't. But turns out I went and, you know, 
did the interview. They hired me on the spot, and I was like, oh my God, I'm working at a school now. This is amazing, right? So it's like weeks leading up, up to that first day of school, and I'm trying to get in this whole mindset, okay, I'm a special ed educator, you know, all this. And then day one comes around, and what happens? Chaos, right? Halfway through the day, halfway through the day, my associate principal comes over, pulls me in her office. She's like, so you do, uh, you do spoken word, right? You do spoken word poetry? And in my head, I'm like, I'm not really, I don't. <laughs> I can, if you want me to. And so in my mind, so I, my mind, I'm like, no. And my mouth was like, yeah. And she was like, she was like, well, um, we have an opening um, for a spoken word poetry teacher. Would you like to teach this class? And again, there's in my mind, there's just explosions, but like not the good kind. It was just like, this seems like a it's like a terrible idea. But it's like, yes, thank you. And I was like, so when does, when does it start? You know, and I'm thinking she's going to be like, yeah, you know, February. And she, you know, she said 1.30. And I was like, <clears throat> cool. I got this. Cool. So that's how my, you know, teaching life started. And enough went right where I was like, okay, even though I don't, like, know what I'm doing, there's some basic level of, like, I can connect with these kids they feel safe in my class, which is something they can't say about a lot of rooms in that building they couldn't say, okay? And it was amazing things were happening, you know? And I, it was just mind-boggling to me. And I think what I realized in that moment in time was that this was my opportunity to pass the mic to that next generation because just like someone, when I was that even when, when I was that age and lost and confused and really wanted to, you know, express myself and I didn't really have the space for that. I had to find a, a whole nother school for that. Otherwise, you know, school wasn't a place for me, you know. And so enough went right where I said, okay, I guess I got to make this thing official. Um, I got to go to school, you know. I got to go back to school, get my degree, you know, get a license and all this. So they pushed me, you know, they uh, I went to MCTC, and it was a beautiful experience, and I didn't want to leave. And my advisor sitting right over there, Christy, how you feeling? Make some noise. Okay. And so my time at MCTC was coming up, and I was like, well, what do I got to do now? I don't want to leave. I don't know where to go after this. And people kept being like, oh, you got to hit up Daryl Parks. You got to meet this guy, Daryl Parks. You got to email Daryl Parks. And I was like, yeah, okay. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm not going to do that for sure. I'm not going to do that. And then eventually enough people said it, and I was like, all right, I have no other options here. Yeah, so my life is pretty much, you know, responding to email. And then when I'm done with that, I respond to more email. But in, in all honesty, as I shared just a little overview of my life, I am a man who's deeply appreciative of those who've gone before me. I often say I stand on the shoulders of giants. Uh, whatever success I've accomplished or will accomplish is a result of others who've uh, fed into my life. And so I find myself now as <laughs> Dr. Parks <laughs> that, no, honest, it's funny. Um, <laughs> You know, that the phone rings, an email come in, and I'm scanning the horizon. It's not so much that I'm looking for younger me's, because that suggests all sorts of things about identity, but I am looking for the next generation of who's going to lead the charge, who's going to fight the fight. And this email or this call came in, and, and it, it was one of those ones, I don't use phrases like divine fingerprints, 
very often. But I get this email, I, you don't know me, and can you get together? And you know, I'm like in my 30s, and I've got a kid. And my first thought was, this guy's desperate. Wow. <laughs> then my second All thought caps. was, yeah, hey, get together. Let's get together as soon as we can. I don't want to meet on campus. Let's go meet over, get, get a mug and a slice, and just chop it up and talk about life, because I'm much more interested in that than the rest of things. So we get together, and we did. We talk about what's it like to go back to school when you're older. What's it like to go back to school when you have children? What's it like to deal with the emotions of life? What's it like to work with urban students? What's it like to come from marginalized communities? What's it like to work within marginalized communities? How do we empower our students? How do we empower ourselves? And then when we were all done, he gave me a big hug, so I knew something was going right, right? So, so then, fast forward, so then, go ahead, you're still at MCTC, we're staying in touch. Yeah. What do you got? I mean, basically I was like, okay, this man's basically recruiting me to this program, urban teacher program. It was amazing. I felt like a professional athlete, like someone's coming to recruit me or something, you know? It's like, okay, yes, I'm sold. So, go to, go to Metro State, right? And... Um, you know, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still doing it. Like, school's always been kind of a weird thing, but it's like, when, now that I have a purpose to it, you know, it makes more sense. So, you know, I'm doing it, and meanwhile, my man's on sabbatical. Why are you on sabbatical? <clears throat> so he's like, he's like the Bill Withers lean on me video, and I walk off on sabbatical, right? So he yeah. falls. Sorry, it's a 70s illusion. Sorry, youngsters. <laughs> Club Nouveau, Club Nouveau, 80s illusion. Go ahead. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I'm on sabbatical, so I get back last fall, and, of course, we reconnect immediately. How's your courses? How's your plans? How's, how's this? How's that? And then you call me up. May I? Or you want to? Yeah. No, he he calls me up, and he's, wait a second, do we have a slide? Oh, yeah, now look, now. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm going to try, hold on. Hip-hop this one is. Sorry. And... And so he writes me and he says, Daryl, he says, I, you know, the pressures of life, child rearing, my artistic focus, the evenings, uh, the classes at Metro State are almost all evening. I need day classes. I, I, I can't make it all work. And uh, I'm like, well, keep talking, keep talking. You know, we talk and we talk. Finally, we hang up. I said, I got some ideas. Uh, because of my work in the state around issues of English and teaching and licensure, I'm familiar with lots of programs. So I look carefully at a schedule. I write him back, and I'm like, hey, what if you finish up your bachelor's degree at Metro? Just finish it up. Pursue a graduate licensure program. A what? A graduate licensure program. What's that? Just do what I say. Okay. But the schedule fits. You can get your license in 15 months at the University of Minnesota. They got daytime classes. You can rush through. You can do your music at night. You can take care of pee. You can fall upon your resorts, your uh, resource systems with your mom and your family. And he's like, okay. I said, you just got to send your, uh, your application in the next seven days. Go ahead. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that, you know. And, um, yeah, again, um, the, the guy had appeared in, in the time of, of turbulence and in a strange land. And um, it, I don't know, it's, just, it's been a strange, strange life in this, you know, higher education. And, but it's one of these things where you take one step forward and a door opens. So that's what I'm following. So I get the application in on time, um, you know, hit send. And, um, 
you know? I got then we wait. Yeah, we wait. Then we wait. We and wait. so let me pause for a moment. Before we pick up that story, I just want to conclude as Alexia and I have been talking about uh, mentors and mentees. Uh, we recognize that both of us at different times in our lives, we function as mentees, right? I'm the noob. I'm going to college. I'm leaning on these people. Uh, he joins the hip-hop community. He's leaning on people. We function at mentee, as mentees in different times in our lives. But now, especially if we've grown and we're in places that have complex cultures and environments, it's our time to serve as mentors, and you know that. And so one of the things about being a mentor is that we're scanning the horizon in Yoda-like fashion, waiting for someone to crash land in our email box, willing to drop everything else and run uh, for a slice and a beer. Um, and so we recognize that to be a successful mentor and a successful mentee uh, has some requirements to it. Let me pick that story back up. So when we scheduled this talk, this is where the talk ended is right what we've shared so far. But there's another slide coming. No, there's another, there's another, no. So a, mo a month ago, Lexi calls me up. I got accepted. I got accepted into the graduate program at the University of Minnesota. I'm gonna graduate, wait. Thank you. I'm gonna graduate with my four-year degree from Metro State based on all the hoops we jumped through together. It's happening next Saturday. No, then he calls me last week. You ready? Yeah. If you can't see it, it says not only was he accepted in the program, they've awarded him roughly $50,000 to attend the University of Minnesota. And so he gets to go to, he gets to, go to school for free, and they give him health insurance, and they give him um, a $25,000 stipend while he's going to school. Now, I... <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I'll believe it when I see it, you know? So, <laughs> you wanna, as we conclude, we cannot guarantee that the results of our mentor-mentee relationship will be the same as the results of your mentee-mentor relationship. But I can tell you that when you have a live creative spirit that finds its way, whether it's my life story or Alexi's life story, that once in a while we jump and then the net appears, that once in a while we start on the path and then the mentor comes alongside, we encourage you to be the mentor, we encourage you to submit in roles of the mentee, and we're just glad to testify that our relationship is going to result in powerful results for the next generation of English, <laughs> English education language arts students. Thanks for coming. Thanks, y'all. Shout out to my mom right there for all my support, my daughter Pella. Thank y'all. Thanks to Achieve Minneapolis, Ed Talks. Have a good night, y'all. <laughs>